everyone, thank you for taking the time and lending your ears to these various conversations. Very excited to share all the guests that I have with you this season. And in order for this season to be a success, I need you guys to help share the word and spread the love of the What Makes You Tick pod. While you're listening, please take a moment to like or subscribe to the podcast wherever you are. And as always, I really appreciate all the help and the support that you guys have given me. And she took my blood pressure and she nearly fainted. She said, your, your heart is, is slowing down. It's been attacked. You're having a heart attack whether you, you, you know it or not. She said, you're not leaving this. Um, you're not leaving the clinic unless you're going in an ambulance. So I convinced her that I would get a lift over. Uh, but as long as the lift came to the door and brought me over and next thing I was in ICU for 15 days. Like it, they, they thought I had TB actually initially. They put me into an isolated room. Um, the people that were coming into me had to be gowned up. They thought I was one of the first cases of TB in, in years in Ireland. And it turned out that my heart was just ready to go. Like they couldn't understand how I, I didn't have a, a stroke more so than a heart attack. I was 240 over 120, which is double top, double bottom. The girl that brought me over, who, who was my girlfriend at the time, she was a nurse and she seen the, the chart or the, the letter and she seen the 240 over 120. I can tell you now that the foot went down on the pedal. She said she couldn't believe it. She said, you shouldn't be alive. Stephen Kelly, welcome to What Makes You Tick. We're in a whole new environment um, today in the podcast studio. It's my first time in here and uh, Stephen has kindly joined me to come up and have a chat about what motivates you, what inspires you and ultimately what makes you tick. How are you, sir? Yeah, I am doing great and it's a pleasure to be here and it's a lovely little studio we have here. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I suppose, Steve, for people who don't necessarily know you, um, it'd be good to maybe start start uh, giving them a bit of background on who you are and what you're about, right? Because personally, where I found you was through you blowing up during COVID. Uh, for me, on TikTok, however, I had seen you in a different uh, guise many, many moons ago. Um, part of the Hardy books, but uh, look, you didn't have the beard back in those days. <laughs> I did. I know. I had no beard, and and the be- with the beard brought this new confidence. <laughs> so you hide behind the beard. I, yeah. <laughs> I suppose my my social base or my my social media base would have been from the Hardy books back in the days, and since two thousand and seven, actually, it seems like an eternity ago at this stage. And I was only a satellite character. Now, if I had had more time, and if I had known that the Hardy books was going to be the phenomenon that it was, well, then I would have made more time. But I was a busy man. I had kids from an early age and I had, I was big in construction. I was working for my father. We had a big company. And if I had time and if I'd known how big it was and how things were going to turn out, well, then I would have definitely made time for the Hardy Bucks. And then I sort of went away from it. Obviously, the Hardy Bucks finished up. It got season four, four seasons. And then it got a movie. After that, it went very quiet. So... Everyone just sort of drifted off and, and done their own thing. And I suppose I got back with the lads then when they started doing the live shows and I fell in love with the live shows and I was like, I want to be part of this. It was it gave me a great, great buzz even watching them. And I just wanted to be have enough confidence to go up and start the live shows. And I thought after we done whatever amount of shows we done, I didn't want it to end. So myself and one of the other characters, French Josh O'Toole, whose real name is Peter Cassidy, said we'd make up a page. And since that, the rest is history. The page really blew up over lockdown and COVID. I had a lot of rants that went viral. Um, and it was all good. It was all good for my my platform. It was all good for my, 
my face, you know, just to get it out there. And yeah. since then, the rest is history. I think um, uh, we kind of spoke previously, just briefly before this, and that some of the stuff that you you come up with as part of your storytelling, it's all very relevant to what's happening today. Whether it's whether it's <laughs> it's it's in gen like in general when I do a, a long video or a story video, it is about something that's relevant that's happening in the world or mostly in Ireland, but sometimes in the world. And it's it's a topic that everyone can relate to. And I try and put a funny twist in it, but also deliver a message and a, in, a, in, a, in a personal what I believe in, you know, and, and I noticed that the last couple of months, even I done a video, would you say yesterday for for relevance uh, re yesterday? And it was it was a, it was a it was a touchy topic. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't touch it. And I had noticed over the last month or two that I drifted away and just sort of was looking for a fix from my social media pages that are just a quick fix just to keep it going. Something drinking a pint and having a wink. And I just I was like, I need to get back to delivering a message again. And then I hit that one yesterday. Yeah, it was, so. it, was it was brilliant. We'll put it in the show notes and stuff. But let's talk about comedy. All right, because it, it's an art, right? It's oh, it really is without yeah. a doubt. It's. I've I've met some various comedians over the years, and I think from that part of art, you're, you're so intelligent, right? Because I think there's a there's an unbelievable intelligence to bring it from mm -hmm. a seriousness mm -hmm. to a bit of lightheartedness, mm -hmm. the bit of jest that we can then just kind of switch. Like we don't have to take life so seriously mm -hmm. all the time, you know. Um, how did you find your way into comedy? And like, where did it all begin for you? Well, it all, I literally grew up with the most intelligent and funny characters, like my friends, my family, even uh, there was some, I would say poets, you know, in a different era, in a different world, they would have been poets, but they were mad, they were mad bastards as well. And same with my friends. You don't have to hold back. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Get stuck in. <laughs> so, um... The, the likes of Peter Cassidy, the likes of Martin Maloney, the likes of Owen Colligan, you know, in my later teens, growing up with them, even my family, my Uncle Tom, my father, all my uncles, Mar my Uncle Martin, they were all characters, they were all poetic. Um, they mightn't have stayed in school too long, but there's a difference between educated and intelligent, you know, and I think people so what's the difference in that. your eyes? I, I, I'd much prefer an intelligent person, you know, to be intelligent, to be streetwise, to have to have a bit of know-how in yeah, your you in your head. Book smart, but not street Ex exactly. smart. Exactly, like, yeah. and a street smart will always, I, in my opinion, get you a hell of a lot further in life. And you're you're right about comedy. You need a certain intelligence. In fact, you need above average intelligence, intelligence to bring a a touchy subject or a, a subject that other people might take up offense and turn that into something that you get it's funny but still there there is a message delivered there and I, the irish people have just a way of doing that irish comedians have a very brilliant way of doing that did you look up to anybody in the as a comedian did you was there anybody that stood out to you because from from looking at your work on hardy books and with three books left yeah. like you all seem to be mates before you comedian Oh, a hundred percent. And and you know what? If you if you turned around to some of the lads and you said they were comedians, they'd they would say, No, I'm not. I'm an entertainer. Inter entertain first and then, you know, and, and I'd and I'd be this of the same elk myself. Entertain first. And if, if you want to be branded a comedian, good and good and well. 
Um, but you need a little bit of madness with all your intelligence and with all your funniness. You need a little bit of madness to go with it. And they just have it in abundance. We just ha- just have a group of people that had that uh, abundance. Did I look up to anyone? I've been asked that a few times and I, I can't say there's one comedian that I'd say I, I'm, I base myself on him. Yeah, now th- A bit of everything. Bit of, a bit of everything. A bit of, yeah. More so my friends. More so Martin, Peter, Owen, you know, the, the likes of that. Even Kevin McGarren when he joined the Hardy Bucks I thought he was brilliant. Now if there was one if there was one comedian that stands out in the mainstream or what would have been the mainstream years ago um, is Tommy Tiernan. I, I just I think he's brilliant. Amazing. I just he's world class I think he's up there with all the best yeah yeah I think he's um, his delivery of like w- just watching I've never seen him live unfortunately not yet but yeah. uh, even the way he's transitioned now into the, the serious kind of topic yeah. and conversation with some of these guests on TV he, it's, a, it's an interesting way of doing things isn't it not knowing who's coming on and then still trying to have a bit of it's, fun with it it's, you know? it's, a, it's a brilliant way of doing it and Tom t- like you can see in his eyes that he's th- like he's constantly thinking whether he says whether it comes out in, out, out of his mouth is another thing but he he has that and he can see that wry smile as well we 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 worked with him a little bit in the hardy box and there's a funny story to go with the hardy box as well when he was working on it he agreed to do the hardy box as a priest after swearing that he'd never do a priest after father ted again but he said in one condition that they don't they don't use his name to advertise the hardy box just put him on and when it goes on good and well it'll be a big shock to everyone but we we done the scene for a few days in a graveyard and someone came home from America to go visit whatever graveyard they were and they weren't allowed in. They went nuts. They rang all the radio stations. Joe Duffy, Radio Midwest, <laughs> councillors were got involved. Of course, Tommy Ternan was the, the was, was, was the, the main fella there. And of course, he had to come on national radio and Midwest to um, address it. You know, so it, it couldn't have worked any better yeah. for the Hardy yeah, Bunch, yeah. but it couldn't have worked any you worse for him. Did, you didn't promote <laughs> it. <laughs> it was none of your doing. Um, so born and bred in Mayo, Right. Yeah. Give us a sense of of growing up in Mayo, right? Because listen, people from will be listening to this from all parts of the country and particularly and parts of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just give them a bit a bit of a sense of what it was like growing up. Like, what was your what was your family like? What was the schools like? Where where did it very like? I I came from my mother was so um, down to earth, um, put food on the table, get nice clothes, go to school, get an education. She worked in a factory. My father was a plasterer, so had a, like a tough life until the boom. And he was like his whole family. They called them the Mad Kellys and they didn't call them Mad Kellys for nothing. There was, um, but all beautiful characters, beautiful, charismatic, a lot of charisma. Um, just real, real characters, romantic characters, but a bit mad as well at the same time. And a dreamer, like a dreamer. And actually my father... Um, I'm sure he he won't mind me saying that he like he's by he's you know he was diagnosed later on in life with bipolar, and when the boom happened, he just went from literally I'll I'll tell a story now that there were it, there were that on the on the on the line on the like money was just about ticking over. I remember them opening the Hoover to get change to get whatever they needed what to to finish off with the shopping list or whatever they needed to get. And they went from that to literally throwing bags of cash around around the sitting room. One day he just came home, like money just came in. So so a man that has that tendency to, it's either low or it's high, there's no in between. So he just went nuts. And it went nuts for, for, ten, for 
10 years until the boom happened again and then there was a massive slump so it's constantly up and down up and down but for for me for me growing up i i I, I had such a brilliant childhood, really did. Like, I mean, I've I've two um, sisters, no brothers, but I had an uncle who lived uh, a few, like, literally five hundred meters away that was only three years older than me, so he was like a brother to me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We grew up as, as as best friends and as as uncles, and we we grew up together, thick as thieves, and we had a really good moral upbringing. And Mayo is just this place where it's nice; everyone ticks along. Um, you do what you need to do. It's it's a vast county, third biggest county in 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 Ireland, but it has this vast centre that is just pure pure wilderness. And Mayo people are I always feel feel that they're salt of the earth and they're so proud of, of of where they come from. But I also feel that I'll give you an example. Obviously, we have a Mayo football team, GA team, and they have this thing where we've gone to so many All Irelands over the years, and we haven't won since 1951. And we've had so many brilliant teams, but we just can't cross the line. It feels like Mayo people are always two points down before they even start. Or we feel, not that m- people so make us feel. Like their that, mindset so. is just that little bit that we have to, you know, th- we give that little bit for us to do. Before we're, before, any, before, even, bef- yeah, even, before we're even in the game. Wow. So we're always trying that little bit probably t- too hard uh, at times. Okay. If that makes, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. We will always try and give it that extra 10, 15% to get it up to what we think is 100% in other people's. So it's just a thing we have. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? So there's there's nearly, you're starting from the behind the goal line mm-hmm. already yeah. before you even yeah. get into a room in your mind. Yeah. But more often than not, you're the ones who, who stand out, who succeed, who, who actually come good, right? Yeah. Is that because there's a point to prove? Yo, a, th- a thousand percent. Yeah. We, have a, we have this thing that we, ha- we have to, we're coming for the West, we have a point to prove. Uh, as some That can be said as well for even Sligo, Leitrim, Sligo. Go have that little bit of, extra little bit of panache about them, you know, going, going up to Galway, they have the city, they have that. They have G4, that, yeah, 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 something, <laughs> yeah, something like that. And, um, but yeah, West of Ireland people just have that little bit of a a, a, a point to prove. I find it from uh, Limerick, it's ghastly. Living in living in Dublin, I get slagged that I'm from Limerick. And yeah. then living in Limerick, I get slagged because I'm living in Dublin. <laughs> right? so yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. winning, right? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Not when it comes to the cities. But. Um, so tell me, w- w- when you were, so growing up, so it was yourself and your two sisters, uh, what was it like, what was school like in, in for you growing up? Because you talk about being intelligent and then being... Um, what did we say? Intelligent and, and being and, and educated. And, and educated. I, uh, wh- where were you in the schooling front? I was. I was. I was intelligent, and I and I don't. I don't want to sound like a, a, a big head. I was very intelligent. I could have, if I had set my mind to it, I could have been anything I wanted to be. And I had a good schooling, and I had good results all the way up until third year. And the problem what happened in third year is, I was also a bit of a devil as well, and I loved the crack. Even though I was quiet in secondary school. Um. I went out working with my father after the junior cert. Got a great junior cert. Always got good grades without even trying. That was the thing. I didn't try. I, I just I had it and that was it. Went went out. It's like a skill in sport. Isn't yeah. It? Like you yeah. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Some people have to study real hard. Um, some people work hard at it. Some people are just have it. So if I had had the work that I have now back then, well, then it might, things might have been different. But I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't change anything. Uh, I went out working 
making cash, making cash, making cash then that probably some people aren't making now a week. You know, it was just crazy. But the boom was was booming. Yeah. Um, I was working for my father, getting this money, and after that, I had no heat on school. Like you couldn't, have, you couldn't have dragged wild horses. Couldn't have dragged I me in. Silver away. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I just literally give up. There's a, there's a brilliant story about me and Martin Maloney, and we've told it so many times. And Martin has told it so many times, in different podcasts as well, where we're got, we go scheming every day for three months. Like I, 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 I left school for three months. Just, just, yeah, how, just, just scheming. Just gone. Just gone. Just gone. Gone to Martin. Maloney. During the, during, during the school season. Like? During the school season, yeah. How like I, I because. My father was always gone before eight. My mother left at half seven. They didn't come back until five o'clock. So, and we were in the country. So, uh, I just knew the, the, the routine that they had. And I just was able to, sometimes I'd get dressed up and say, oh, can I, can I, I'm off school now. And just head into Martins. Stay there for three months. When we got caught. Yeah, okay. When, yeah, when yeah, we got. Couldn't last forever. You no, know, right? it couldn't last forever. When we got caught, we got cocky. Myself and Martin got cocky. We went, now I scheme more days than him. He had the, the odd day. We went up the, the woods behind uh, Swinford Town and it's behind the school and it's, it's big enough woods and there was this bell that goes ding dong to give you the, f- like it's five to four, it's nearly t- time to finish up or start packing up. So we heard the bell and we got a little bit complacent and we said, you know what, we'll just head off, we'll head back home. And for some strange reason, the teacher that we'd had, or meant to have had previously, or Martin was meant to have pr- had previously, just passed by in the car. So he'd obviously left a little bit early too. And he never said a word then, but him, him himself and the principal were waiting um, at the gates for the two of us the next morning. Um, and because you'd have to pass the school to, to get by it, we couldn't get past the school. And he, the, the, they brought us in. And after that then, they brought me to teachers and the, the teachers didn't even know I was in their class. You know, do you realize that this fellow has missed? They were like, Who is uh, this Mr. guy? Mr. K- I remember Mr. Kitchen, uh, Lord of Mercy, he's dead now. Uh, he looked at me, he was like, He'd never seen me in his, in his entire life. That's unbelievable. And what, what class was that? That was geography, That's even though I, lo- I loved I loved geography, I loved history, and I loved geography. Did you? Oh, I love school. I loved, I, I used to go home and read me. Do you know what? That's the funny thing is, I spend most of my day actually reading my own book. No way. Yeah, I'd read history books and, and geography books on my own. Oh, so you'd learn about it yourself, yeah. sit there and Yeah, yeah, I, if, if I had nothing else to be doing, I'd take up a book and start reading it, yeah. And did, did that kind of, did you find that that helped you, um, like, after school, to give you kind of good foundation oh, for yeah. stuff? Or like, have yeah, you, have it, you... It, it did, it's just, it's just that it's not, you don't have it on paper. Yeah. Like, you can't go into a, uh, an interview and say, I, I spent three months at home reading this stuff. Would you have a, so, like, would you have a general interest in such a very kind of topics between general knowledge history geography all these different things like do you think that helps form who you are as an entertainer then as well oh yeah you, you need you, know I mean? you need a you need to be have an interest in all different things if you if you have one niche if you have one thing that you you topic that you constantly just home in on you're not going to get anywhere people get sick of that you get sick of it yourself mm-hmm. you need all different sort of topics and uh, subjects to um, feed off and and take take from, and yeah, history, geography, current affairs. Even I used to love that. I used to love Irish history. I used to love English history. One of my actual favorite characters, and one of my f- favorite people. And this will come as a big shock to anyone that really knows me. This will come as a shock to them. It was a man called Arthur Wellesley. Now born of Ireland, but he was he was English by by all intents and purposes. He he was he turned out to be the Duke of Wellington. 
and it, the monument is in the Phoenix Park is 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 to him. He was an English. He was born in in Mayo, or he was not born in Mayo. He was born in Ireland. I think it was actually in Meath, but he he, he hated being Irish. He was an Englishman, he, and obviously he went on to do what he done, and he won all the battles and everything like that. And f- like I am, I'm an Irishman through and through. But if you read some of his stories and how he conducted himself throughout life, it was fascinating, fascinating. And he's he's some brilliant stories. And wh- how old were you when you were kind of looking at him, going, "Jesus, that guy." I would have been 14, 15, yeah, 16. But I probably didn't discover him until later, but I would have drawn on characters like Michael Collins, our own, you know, them them type of people. Um, Oscar Wilde, I loved Oscar Wilde's books as well. Um, And I thought thought he had a great way of writing, you know, and just everything like that. You have an unbelievable way, though, of, of showcasing your patriotism as well yes. to um on on your on your page yeah i think that's it's it's brilliant like it's you you have a cut at the government you yeah. have a cut at some absolute clowns who are acting the maggot yeah. yeah um but you do it in a way where it's like lads come on just cop the fuck on yeah you? yeah you get going and don't worry I tr- about this i try not to be nasty i'll rip the i'll rip yeah. the piss without yeah. being nasty yeah or that's my intention Sometimes I might cr- hit the line or might just cross the line a little bit, but I try not to. Um, and then I just let the, the cards fall where yeah. they may then after that. Can you remember a time where, because we're in a culture now where everybody has to be so politically correct. Like I was only talking to a friend of mine yesterday about Monty Python, mm-hmm. right? Back in the day and the, your man is sitting there, he goes, I want to be, ident- I want you yes, to call uh, me. Yes, that was brilliant. I've seen I that only you, lately. Yeah, I want you to call me whatever, Mary. Yeah. And they're like, where, where is this coming from? Now this is back in the seventies, yeah. and, and now and now we're in a world where where obviously live people's opinions have changed. Everything is to be so correct. There's it's very hard to have a kind of a debate without trying to shout people down. Yeah. Um. And I think the art of debating is having a conversation with somebody and trying to understand their mm-hmm. their point of view, not forcing yours. Exactly. Right. So, there, have you ever found something where you've done something and it's just the 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 Cancel Brigade or the PC Brigade came after you? Oh, um, um, a couple of times. Like I have, like I said, I have loads of platforms on on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks, the Twitter. Um, the one that the one that got my Facebook restricted so badly, it's not it's not even worth having anymore. Was the time that you know when the the Irish ladies won got through to the World Cup and they they sang that that tune, uh, Celtic Symphony. And they hadn't a clue what they were singing. It could they could have been singing Rattling Bog for all they knew. They were just got involved in a tune and just sang it. And I tried to ex- explain that, and I, I made a sketch, a sketch, and even the wolf tone shared. You know the, the the official wolf tones. It went nuts. And next thing, the just the, the council brigade came, obviously from Scotland, from Northern Ireland. Now ninety percent, it, it just went nuts. Ninety percent of people got the funny side of it, got the laugh. And obviously, seeing the patriotism side of it, and but there was a there was a definitely a ten percent that just kept, you know really really went to town and got the that, that page. And it's only going to get trickier again. Like yeah. and and like these are the things you know. It's only going to get trickier. But I, I think we we do need people uh, with your approach to make sure that we don't take life too ser- seriously, that we just I'm actually take a bit the of the boundaries. It. I'm actually, like, that video I done last night is doing very well. People, Most people got the funny side of it, but I'm still, I'm not for another week, 
will I be be content that that video will actually stay up? Yeah, I done a, a similar video about six months ago. Maybe not as uh, it was clever, but it was uh, it was I mean, at the uh, at the ending was probably a little bit rough, and that's what probably got it taken down. But that was it, it was a brilliant video as well. If I do say so myself, I just reworded it a little bit differently l yesterday. But even still, like I'm, I'm, I, I even now I'll check the phone when I get out to see have I the notification. You, you've, you've an, you've an amazing way of, as I said, telling a story of bringing the lightheartedness to serious situations. Um, you, you have also been through serious situations yourself yes, through life, right? I have, yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind having a chat about that if yeah, that's 100%. okay, because. Uh, I think there's there's a phenomenal um, amount of there's a phenomenal amount for of, for people to learn from you being through various challenges mm -hmm. that you've been through, right? And people might necessarily know about it mm -hmm. unless they've listened to the previous pod that you were on last year, but like which was brilliant. Pat, what was his name? Um, David Quilly. David Quilly, yeah. yeah, super, super yeah. Um, pod. But I think it would be lovely just to kind of reshare some of those stories because there it it nearly kind of goes in in threes right yeah um when you were a young fella enjoying the crack yeah. having a bit of banter with with the lads yeah. through to then uh more recent yeah. uh episode would you mind oh 100 like that, so that's okay I, I i'm sure you're 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 making uh, rel uh reference to the, uh, the times i nearly tied or whatever whatever i suppose the the first one was when i fractured my skull um i was in dublin here we were meant to be going to manchester having the crack, our boat was delayed, just t way too much drink, ended up, ended up uh, messing around, going to the car, um, we had myself and my uncle, my best friend, uh, uh, we were just messing who was at the front, I, I, I was stood there waiting to get into the front, he came down, pushed me, I ended up falling down, fracturing my skull, but I didn't even know that I fractured my skull, this was a, this was a, a normal occurrence. It obviously just caught on a on a <laughs> normal a, or, occurrence, or a yeah. fall. A fall it's would be one of those falls. Just one of those falls that hit. Ended up in Manchester, still there three days later, as if I was as if I was as drunk as without drinking. Knew that there was something wrong, so ended up it was a bleed on uh, bleed on the brain, and I came back to to Ireland to get sorted out. Got sorted out. Checked myself out actually, and I probably shouldn't have. And I got over that. That was fine. Uh, I was a young fella, recovered very easily. But then I suppose I had kids. I had I was living a very frantic lifestyle. I was working very hard, working for my father. Things were so busy. Stress was mounting up all the time, even when the money was coming in. And then the boom or the bust happened. And then, of course, stress just went through the roof altogether. Still working as hard, but no money coming in. OK, so. I was probably still probably out too much, drinking too much, working too hard, eating the wrong stuff. And eventually I came to a four when my heart just at 28 just literally stopped. But it stopped slowly, like it stopped so slowly. It wasn't like just a quick bang heart attack. It, it was just slowing down all the time. So much so I was losing weight. I wasn't sleeping. I lost about two stone without trying in about three months. Like going into that was as white as a sheet. And normally I'd have sallow skin. Um, couldn't work. I remember lifting a bag of a skin, which is 25 kg, which usually you'd be lifting, carrying two of them. Uh, couldn't even lift one of them. You know, and, and I remember going into this 
I remember going into a, a bar and a pub in Swinford and I didn't even want to drink. I had a, an orange juice or something. And this man came up to me and said, if you don't mind me telling you, Stephen, he said, you need to get to a doctor. He said, you're, you're very sick. He said, I can see it in your skin. He said, I can see it in your eyes. He said, you've lost w- way too much weight too quickly. And the next day I made an effort to go in to the doctor and my my normal doctor, who I had been into a couple of months earlier, kept thinking it was the flu and it was just a bad flu. And I went back a couple of times, not just a bad flu. But he he was actually sick himself. So there was a, a locum doctor in Dr. Morrison from Lewisburg, a town in another town of Mayo. And she took my blood pressure and she nearly fainted. She said, your your heart is, is slowing down. It's been attacked. It's, you're having a heart attack, whether you, you, you know it or not. She said, you're not leaving this. Um, you're not leaving the clinic unless you're going in an ambulance. So I convinced her that I would get a lift over, uh, but as long as the lift came to the door and brought me over, and next thing I was in ICU for 15 days. Like it, they, they thought I had TB actually initially. They put me into an isolated room. Um, the people that were coming into me had to be gowned up. They thought I was one of the first cases of TB in, in years in Ireland, and it turned out that my heart was just ready to go. Like they couldn't understand how I I didn't have a, a stroke more so than a heart attack. I was 240 over 120, which is double top, double bottom. The girl that brought me over, who, who was my girlfriend at the time, she was a nurse and she seen the, the chart or the, the letter and she seen the 240 over 120. I can tell you now that the foot went down on the pedal. She said she couldn't believe, she said you shouldn't be alive. Yeah. At 28? Uh, that was at 28. I changed my life around, then I stopped the drinking to a certain degree. Well. When I say to a certain degree, I always liked a pint, but I got fit. I started getting into running. I changed my life around. I got a new job. I got out of construction. Started working in Aldi, actually, which which if for any parent and their kids are looking for a job, maybe for a year, maybe they want to take a year off before college and want to do a bit of work, try and get them into Aldi. It is a brilliant place to work for discipline, for timekeeping, for neatness, for everything it, it, it's a great learning it's a great learning center and you're, you're coming from a world where you were like your own boss yeah, nearly exactly you know, running a business yeah and then the uh, j- let's just just take it back a second there because you're after running a business through the boom yeah where you've gone from one element of constant highs for yeah. nearly a decade yeah through to unbelievable loss low, low, right? oh yeah. and lows going from so, so you're going 42 men down to barely not having enough work for yourself yeah so money's coming in no problem we're heroes now all of a sudden there's no money yeah so and that was for a lot of people pretty much all through the country right yeah. at different stages right then you're having this kind of slow release heart attack over yeah. a period of time which has basically gotten to the point where you get checked and your their doc is going holy shit you shouldn't be alive yeah you're in ICU for 18 days, did we say? 15 days. 15 days. 15 yeah. days. Yeah. Um, 28, you should be the fittest yeah. in your prime. Yeah, in your prime. You know? I, I, when you, just when you say that, when, when I remember one of the doctors came into the, came into the room, hadn't even looked at me, and was looking down at the chart all the time. And when he read the chart, he just looked up like that. And he went, he, he was like, uh, uh, sorry, wrong patient. And then he looked down because he, he said, no, no, right patient. He said, I thought I was I was looking for an older man. With with my readings, he said he was looking for a man in his seventies, eighties. So so cut to your rehab and recovery then, because I'm sure that was a massive challenge. Yeah. Right. It's just it was a challenge and this is this is the bit where I want people to take a lesson from. 
I couldn't run the length of myself before my when my heart my heart scare, and when I started, it was so difficult. I, I couldn't run a kilometer, but I kept at it. I kept going five hundred meters even, and for runners, five hundred meters isn't isn't nothing. It's the length of a football field. I could not run that, and I got to five hundred meters, and then I spent days and days do kept going to five hundred meters. Then I kept going to seven hundred fifty meters. Then to a kilometer. Then I kept at the kilometer for ages. And I mean, I was putting myself through torture to even do this. But I got through it. I got to three kilometers. That was grand. I got to five kilometers eventually. And I kept at five kilometers for a long time, kept getting faster and faster. Then I go up. Then I went straight from five to ten. And then I went from ten to doing ultramarathons. But it, it takes time and keep at it. If you think you can't do it, do it again. Do it again. Because it's, it's, it's so beneficial to you in the long run. The consistency you have to keep at it. Do not fall at the if you fall at the first hurdle, get up, start again, yeah. and again and again and again because you're better than yourself. Hundred percent. And you you then you you ended up going from not able to run five hundred meters to running pretty much across the country. Did myself you and know, French you raised a load of money. Yeah. Now was that prior to the no, or after the third? That was bef- That was after the 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 third uh, life threatening incident. Um, comes in threes boy I, I got I got to 31 I was in a different relationship I was working in Aldi I was having a great life I had sorted myself out the drinking wasn't so much to a point and then I suppose I was get, I kept getting fitter and fitter I was doing 10k races or 10k runs and then I, 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 I eventually got up to a 10k race and that was fantastic felt great I suppose up to that I had let the sort of socializing and the crack sort of you know filtering again and i love having the crack but the drinking was maybe getting a bit too much again i was sort of letting that thing slip again but my body just it and i was working hard i was working i changed aldi's i was going to a different aldi and i was working my way up the ladder in aldi as well again i'd let sort of stressful life sort of build up again a little bit and i was working as much as i could i was traveling a lot trying to keep my kids happy as well and keep them in clothes and fed and everything like that I was in a different relationship and eventually my body didn't give me too long before to give me a warning again and I had an aneurysm at 31 nearly 32 again explain what an aneurysm is just in case people well you can get an aneurysm anywhere in the body but primarily the most ones are in in your head and it's a bleeding it's just a blood vessel popping in your in your brain some people some people could have them all their lives and it's just a thing that happens to them i think there's some famous act- actresses that have them i think angelina jolie suffers from now don't quote me on that but she's <laughs> just an, exa- an example yeah. not that i don't think she'll be wa- listening to my podcast <laughs> but um we'll tag her <laughs> yeah um you can get them and survive them but like most people i think the f- uh, the rate of survival from brain aneurysm is like 15 percent so um I got the aneurysm. Lucky enough, I I was in company when it happened, and they rang the ambulance. The ambulance brought me to. It was like half one in the morning. Um, the ambulance came, brought me to Casabar Hospital. Casabar Hospital had wrote like not wrote me off, but I was dead. Uh, they, they they rang the priest. They rang my family. I had my last rites read to me, and then I got a or Casabar got a f- an email. They sent up the brain scans or whatever, and they said, send them up, we'll see what we can do. And this is at about maybe four or five o'clock in the morning. 
rushed me up to Beaumont and they don't I like I, f- this is what I've been told like I was completely out out for it I was gone and uh, brought me up to Beaumont that was it was actually n- the 1916 commemoration so it was 2016 the Saturday night of the Easter weekend so um, that was Saturday morning sun- Sunday morning they brought me up to Beaumont Hospital and they told my family my family had joined in at this stage and my girlfriend at the time and they told them that I might not wake up for six weeks I was awake the, f- the following morning as if I'd w- woke up in my bed at home I couldn't understand why ev- what everyone was doing in the room now obviously I had tubes all over me and I was so thirsty all I wanted was something to drink something to drink Luke said I used to love Luke said uh, especially as a kid I tried to come off because it, it is it is literally gut rot but um, I just loved I loved the taste of it and um, I, and I couldn't speak obviously with, with the tubes that were in my mouth so they gave me a pen and paper and I just kept writing Luke said Luke said Luke said or drink 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 and then I wrote um, did Saoirse did Saoirse get to mass my daughter had, was meant to be serving that Sunday morning and I was meant to bring her and I couldn't understand why why, why they wouldn't let me bring her like in my head I was like why won't you let me out of the bed yeah my gosh to bring her all out of it yeah completely out of it yeah but I but I woke up I woke up so quickly because I because I probably so many things to do do you think yeah 100% my my mind was running I needed to do this I needed to do that and they thought you'd be in a coma for six weeks yeah but they actually put me back in for another day yeah just because they said it was way too early jeez so what what's the kind of what happens then, like after that? Because you're not. That, I'm sure that was a good bit of going out, right? After well, we, for 2016 now, yeah. so we're we're seven years since yeah. then, right? After that, this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but that was the best thing that ever happened to me, in 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 of life changing changing moments. Apart from having kids and that, obviously that they're different things. It just completely reset my whole thinking. My whole thinking. From what to what? From uh, sweating the small stuff to not sweating the small stuff. To, to like, if you can get things done, try and do as much as you can, as I've always done. Agree to everything if you can do it at all. And give it your, give it your best. But, but also, if, if you can't do it, it's not the end of the world. Like, no one's going to die. No one's going to, like, they're, they're, they're going to wake up the next day and it's going to be the same for them. It's the same with doing live shows. And it's a great way of going out for anyone that wants to do live shows and is starting off. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're still going to be alive. You're still going to have to put food on the table. You're still going to have your family, your friends. Nothing's going to change. If you have a bad night, nothing's going to change. It's only going to be okay. You just bombed once. Get up there and do it again. And eventually you'll, you'll just hit it and next thing. And even even when we're doing big shows now, me and Pete look at each other and we're like we have this thing where and I, I mentioned it yesterday actually it's a it's a virtual cookie jar and I think it came from it came from it was Pete that told me about it it's a virtual cookie jar where you all the good things that you've done in your life you just turn them into cookies you put them into the, the jar and when you need to when you need a bit of motivation you open the cookie jar and you start taking out all them cookies and you start virtually eating them and all the good things that you've done in your life so if this doesn't work so be it all the good things that you look at all the good things that you've done in your life and it, and 
nine times out of ten, it's going everything is going to work out perfectly anyway. So, it's, and then that's another cookie jar. It's um, it's it's a really interesting way of looking at it, isn't it? Because you literally had life throw everything at you physically, like in terms of it could be taken away from you like that, right? You're sitting here and you've been smiling your face. You're having a cut at life still. You have, um, and a beautiful kids yeah. to 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 kind of educate to learn from as well and to to bring bring them on a bit of a journey right yeah. you went off after um your aneurysm in beaumont and you decided right i'm going to give back to beaumont oh yes well i've even got away from that so when i was leaving beaumont like i was gone as according to everyone i was gone and a brilliant surgeon a scottish lad actually i called daniel rollock uh, was a surgeon for me, uh, gentleman of a, of, a, of a man as well. The staff were incredible. They looked after me so well. It was like being in a, in a hotel. I didn't want to leave leave the place. Like, I didn't want to leave it. And it was the same when I was in, it was funny, it was the same when I was in, a shout out to Casabar Hospital as well. It was the same when I was in Casabar Hospital when I had the, the heart scare. They looked after me so well. I've never had a problem with the HSC. I couldn't, I couldn't talk highly enough of them. Um, but I said to the Bowman Hospital on the way out, and I was being wheeled out in the ambulance to go back to recuperate in Casabar Hospital. I said, I'm going to pay you back somehow. I said, someday. I said, I'm going to pay you back. Whether it was the drugs talking or not, I said, I'm going to run from here to Casabar. And I said, well, I'm going to raise money for you and, and give it back to me and give it back to you. And less than three years later, that's exactly what myself and Peter Cassidy done. Yeah. So Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think the, yeah, I've, I've, I, I think the, the work that, that doctors and nurses and the people who are caring for people do is just Incredible. phenomenal yeah. and we take for granted, take for granted right, yeah. big time um so i'd be like give them everything that they want yeah. you know <laughs> um i let, let's kind of just just look at um the next stage so like seven years later or three years later you run bowman and and like that's what was what 90 200 what, how many kilometers did you all run 240 was it 230 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And you raised ninety three k the first day. That yeah. was the tough one. And and if I was to do it now, I was very stubborn. Um, I wanted to do it, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to take any like when I said I made a commitment. I was going to do every um, stone on the way down, every chip uh, on the road. I was going to cover. And I remember we were coming into Mullingar. We were staying in the Mullingar Park Hotel, and I It was only meant to be eighty two k for the day. And because I wouldn't cross the motorway in a car, and it's only f like fifty, uh, like hundred meters, because you can't, you can't cross. You know, apparently you can't cross. Well, like, not apparently you can. Insurance wouldn't cover you. Yeah, you, you <laughs> cannot. You cannot be a pedestrian on a motorway, which makes probably sense. <laughs> um, I said I don't want to, so I had. To, we had to go eleven k around to get oh, wow, to okay. get to get around. So your stubbornness, very stubborn. Now, if 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 it was now. If I had my time back again and what I know now, I would have just got in the damn car. <laughs> you know, yeah. no one would have known. Nobody remembers that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember though. I remember. You, and, you and, and, Pete, and so does it Pete. With you, so yeah. Pete, yeah. Pete remembers too because he had to do the eleven k <laughs> with me. <laughs> I'd say he's been thanking you ever yeah, since. Yeah, he was definitely ninety three kilometers in one day. Yeah. Jesus, that's unbelievable. I could barely do five kilometers in half a day. <laughs> no, it was. And then we 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 done it in three stages. And. Coming into our hometown of Swinford after running from Dublin to Mayo was it was worth every step of the way down. They made us feel, made us feel so so brilliant. I remember Joe Mellis, who was a councillor uh, from Swinford. He was actually Mayo Concorla, if 
I'm pretty sure I've that right. He had the, the fellow with the, he had the chains and everything like that. I think every county has a concorda. I think that's what they call it. Um, and to have him out, I remember at the bridge greeting us in, I was like, yeah, we don't yeah. put it here. Because for years earlier, we've been kicked out of his pub. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> come full circle. Yeah, come full circle. So. Tell me this. So in, in the interest of, of the the kind of the pod, the big, big area. And I think what we're getting and what I'm getting is a sense of you is that you're a very committed person in that if you have something that you want to do, especially from what you've learned about yourself yeah. after when it came to running and stuff that you wanted yeah. to get fit and there was no no holding back or there was no deviating from yeah. that. What what if you were to describe yourself, like what is what is it that you believe inspires you or motivates you? And ultimately, like what is it that you, that makes you tick? It's, it's just... To, for for myself, I want to keep improving myself. I want to keep pushing myself. I want to get get better and better and better. I also want to prove and leave a legacy for my kids. That's another thing, an aspect. And I want to help people. I've been in I've been in the doldrums of being in bad form. I would never say depression. I don't think I I suffered from depression, but I've been down and I've I've. I've been so down sometimes and then I just to pick yourself up and I, I'd, I'd hate to think that other people feel like that. I genuinely want people to be happy. I want to make people laugh. I want to encourage people. If if people fail at the first time, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be the one because th- there is people out there that will be like, ha ha, you know, you tried and you failed, you know, m- more fool you. I will keep I will keep giving you help out and keep going and keep if that's what you want to do keep doing it and I'll be there to, to, to help you out if I can at all possible and I just love helping people I love making people laugh and that makes me feel better it's a selfish thing I'm self I'm selfish like that as well well I was going to say that to you because like to, to make people laugh is a selfless thing right but if you're doing it because you know that it helps with your yeah it helps me health, as well and I, we do so many charity we do so many charity runs and shout outs for charity uh, but when we're doing charity runs and events it's it's like a it's, it's like a three prong thing. It's obviously I want to help out the charity, and I feel that the charity deserves it, or it needs help. The second thing is just my own f- to keep myself physical. I, you can tell that I put on a bit of timber over the last couple of months because I haven't had a challenge. I'll pick a challenge up and I'll start throwing it down again, and it's good for myself. And also the third and thing, more importantly than th- than the second thing, is it keeps me focused. It gives me a focus to keep. Um, to keep going, to know that I'm doing good, uh, keeps me out of the pub because it's very easy when you're doing tours and doing shows to get into this system or this, um, the r- yeah, of pints, pints, pints. And uh, anyone who's seen our content or our shows will know that it's it's an element of it. So to to try and give yourself a distraction from that or or even an excuse to say, listen, guys, I'm I'm training for a marathon because people expect you to go drinking and rightly so because a lot of our content is about drinking pints and having the crack and I was actually going to do like a thing that. here actually but I, I didn't get a minute to do it I was going to get a can of Murphy's and be with that <laughs> and have a Guinness and get you to do a taste but we yeah. might do that the next time yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, it, it's it's uh, you talk about having a goal right I think I've I found as well having played sport and stuff when you finish you don't have a purpose to do things yeah. right and having a purpose gives you a, oh, a yeah. sense of discipline and a sense of desire to kind of, to kind of go well I've made a social contract with myself that I'm yeah. going to give it everything so I'm only fucking blaming myself I'm only myself to blame yeah. if I don't do it so can I look in my mirror and go okay you've given it everything or 
you yeah. were looking in the mirror going, you could have done better. Yeah. And you always want the I like former, that, I right? I like that word, social contract. Yeah, so yeah. you can take that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, It'll pop up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see where that <laughs> pops up. Keeps Keep in tune. But when you have a purpose and when you are, when you agree to, to do something, I think that's a great message to tell people who are finding things a little bit tricky now. Yeah. Because it's very easy to get into the darkness and to worry about what you don't have yeah. instead of actually worrying focusing on what you do have. A hundred percent. And when when you're when you when you commit to doing when you agree to do something in your own head, uh, when you when you um, sign this social contract, <laughs> um, you have to stick to it. Don't go into it uh, half half heartedly. Go in with a heart and a half and keep going at it. And you will get knocks. It's not going to be, it's not going to flow easy. If it was, well then there wouldn't be much point doing it, and everyone would be doing it. But uh, you sometimes you have to push the boundaries to test yourself, to make yourself better. To make yourself better, you have to f you have to push your boundaries. You know, you're not going to improve. It's the same with running. It's the same with playing snooker. It's the same with playing GA football. If you're like, it's like bad teams playing bad teams. You're not going to improve yourself, but if you keep playing the same, it's even with entertainment, right? Yeah, you have to push the boundaries. You have to push the boundaries. You know, and then you know, because uh, I I find that it's in when when things are really really tricky, that's when you really find out you are yeah and where you're at yeah you know so my big my kind of big learning from listening to you is that you've had a couple of tricky moments maybe the first time was uh in terms of the health side of things mm -hmm. you kind of took for granted your young mm -hmm. fella Alby grant right yeah. but the second and third time were a bit, bit of complete eye openers yeah um and now you, you have beautiful kids as well as i yeah. said to earlier on what kind of message do you want to leave to them or what's your kind of message to them um because I'm sure they they don't want you going anywhere, right? So oh, it's kinda, 100%. What would you say to them? What I want them to do is always try their best. No matter what they do in life, try your best. You don't have to be the best at everything, but you, ha you can be the best version of yourself. And I'd, like to, I'd, I'd love to, them to hold a moral standard as well. I always like never look down on anyone unless you're helping them up. Simple as as that. It's simple things like that that just mean so much in life. And walk through life with your held head held high. I mean, you're no better or no worse than any other human being in in, in this planet. It's as simple as that. And you know, um, prince or pauper, we're all we're all have value. And know your worth as well. Know know your worth. Um, in life that's something that i learned through time was to know my worth i always undersold myself you know and that's an, that's a mayo thing as well and that sort of might explain what i what i what i was explaining at the start of the, at the podcast um never like know your worth don't undersell yourself but also don't be delusional either mm, yeah know? yeah like, and that's having having a, a, balance, a balance of reality yeah 100 percent. so Listen, take take the the mic because you have a lot of things going on in life at the moment, right? Yes. Especially with all the work that you're doing, um, maybe let people know what is coming down the line, uh, what is happening. Use it as a way to promo whatever you want, right? But maybe we can put all the kind of links and stuff in the show notes. But let's tell the world what's happening. What's happening? What's happening at the minute is this: the three bucks left show is just I want to bring it everywhere not just in Ireland but throughout the world I've, I'm just after coming back from Arizona Phoenix where I'm doing after doing a show with Martin Maloney who finally is coming back to the live scene and I, I'm very excited because Martin is an absolute genius gifted character 
he suffers from ADHD and he, he'll be he, he'll tell you he'll, if he walked in here now it'll be the first thing he'll tell you because he's just this ignomatic ca- character he's just but very talented so to have someone like him coming along into the show with us it's going to it's going to bring a different a different bring it to a different level um, so we're going to be all around Ireland as we have been over the last year we're going to be throughout all the I'd say English speaking countries America Australia England, the UK itself, Canada, that sort of thing. That's where we want to bring the show. Um, we're, we're, we've a couple of big venues coming up. We have the INEC in Killarney in August. We have the Shearwater in Galway. It's an 800-seater. We're really looking forward to that one. I'm in Rushcommon in June. That one is nearly sold out, as you can imagine, for anyone that listens to me. Um, I, Which I, jersey will you be down I, in? I, I, both, both, both. <laughs> I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of my word. Word um, and then I I intend to, to go. I've done work with the Guinness Guru as well. Really like the guy. We're like polar opposites. We're like chalk and cheese, um, but we work. We worked. We work together. So and he's a really nice guy as well. And I actually remember you calling him out on social. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I that was obviously the start of it. Was it or no, was that all no, planned? Do you know what? When I called him out, I didn't call him him out specifically. But I knew people would tag him, and we just we kept going from that there. fell up in Dublin. If you want to come down and drink pints, <laughs> let's go. I, I I I done I done a generic call out yeah, first, yeah. and then and then the the plan call out yeah, was yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. called him out. Yeah, it's brilliant, it's super. I look forward to that. That'll yeah. be brilliant. So we done we done we done a couple. He came down then to Mayo, and we done a brilliant day um, of touring around uh, Swinford. Well, not that you can really tour around Swinford. You throw a stone, you, you hit the other end. <laughs> Into so, the buggies. Yeah, yeah. So um, well, we made some good content that day and we formed a, a good, a, a fantastic friendship and we want to bring it to the live stage Brilliant. as well uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, sign me up. I'll uh, I'll put all the bits and pieces into the show notes so I'm going to get them off you afterwards. Okay. Um, but uh, listen, first of all, thank you for accepting my invitation to come no on to this podcast. This is a personal project, as I said. I'm learning from everybody that I'm talking to and I'm so impressed with your attitude and what you do. And I really, really just enjoy all the kind of the, the content, the smartness with it all, but the realism, realism mm-hmm. in it. And I think for anybody who hasn't seen you, get onto your page, Stephen Cowboy Kelly and yeah. Three Bucks Left. Three Bucks Left, yeah. Um, and then just 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 keep doing what you're doing i think your message tonight today was brilliant and i think there's a lot there's there's a lot to be said for we see the 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 facade and we see the character right but today i got to chat to the the man and uh i think that you're you've got so many layers to you that i'd love to continue talking to you but we've only got a certain amount of time right but uh i feel like i could talk here till cows come home well we might do it again someday 100%. but uh listen good luck with the tours good luck with everything that you're doing and thank you so much for for coming on to what makes you tick it was my pleasure thank you very much once again thank you for joining me on season four and taking part in this journey where we talk to people like you and me about what motivates them what inspires them and ultimately what makes them tick i've learned so much from the various conversations i've had I hope you can take something from this that you can apply to your life. That's why this podcast has been created. I'm very proud of it, and I'm very thankful for everybody who's joined me so far. Thank you all for listening.